Welcome to a special bonus episode of Cinemaholics. And I understand, listeners, you're probably like the 355. You, maybe you click this by accident. You didn't know what this movie is. Well, we're going to try to help make this movie make sense as best we can. I have a special guest here. Now, you all know me when I introduce myself on the main show as John Agroni, film editor or film section editor for theyoungfolks.com. But you probably always wondered, well, I mean, theyoungfolks.com has to have an editor-in-chief, right? It can't just be John and, and Abby Petrie and Katie Stoltzel running the show. No way. There's got to be a big boss. And that boss is here on Cinemaholics for the first time. So thrilled to have you on Cinemaholics. It's Allie Johnson. Hi, Allie. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for actually saying yes. This is, this is uh, surreal. It's great. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, I, I wish it was under better movie-related circumstances, but for, as far as the 355 goes, I, my first question for you, Ali, before we start talking about this movie, this spy action movie, why, why did you see it? Because Will, you know, Will Ashen, he's not on the show because, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't go out to see the 355 and, and everyone persuaded him not to, really. But, you know, there was this sort of like, this movie's kind of being dumped here in January. And you and I watched, we, we both got screeners, right? So like, yeah, what, what, what happened here? So there's like a nice way to answer this and a not so nice way. And I'll say that the nice thing is that I'm always drawn to Lupita Nyong'o films. The not so nice thing is I was assigned the review. <laughs> so that's why I saw this film because I okay. saw the trailer and I knew immediately I won't like this. So, so, um, Speaking of that, because we are going to review the film and everything, Lupita Nyong'o is is one of the stars in here, Jessica Chastain. I remember when I was looking at the, the bona fides for this movie, being like, all right, well, what is this? Universal made it. You know, there has to be something to this if it's coming out in January. And I was immediately drawn to, oh, this is Simon Kinberg's latest film. Simon Kinberg, who the first film he ever directed was Dark Phoenix, which was like, the, what, the last main sort of X-Men movie, if you don't count New Mutants. And I don't really, because New Mutants was made way before Dark Phoenix. But he made that film. This is his sophomore feature. Uh, before that, he's a producer. He's a writer. Uh, he's been behind a lot of different things. My question, though, is, like, is Simon Kinberg, like, like I don't want to say anything mean about the guy. I've never met him. But I just, I, I have to wonder, is he actually a good screenwriter? I don't think he's a good director. Like, two, I think he's 0 for 2 could always turn it around. And he's produced some films that I think are very good, like, you know, Logan and the Martian and stuff. But I look at some of the films he's written. And I think one of the only ones that I think works uh, is actually kind of decent is like maybe two of the like there's a X-Men Days of Future Past. I actually think that movie works. I don't know what you think. And also 2009's Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes. But where do you stand? I don't, you know, X-Men The Last Stand? I was actually going to say Sherlock Holmes might be the only one that I would say he did successfully. Um, and I, like, here I am being mean, which I guess is okay if you're being nice in this, but I don't think he's a good director. And looking at the screenwriting, I don't know if I think he's a very good screenwriter either, but I do think Sherlock Holmes somehow is a success for him. But then you look at things like Jumper and This Means War and you get a better sense of like, what he's actually going to be like as a screenwriter. Right. Like in a lot of these cases too, like Sherlock Holmes is made by Guy Ritchie, right? Like how much of it is that? And I look at like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which maybe that's a good example of like, that's, I think that's more Doug Lyman and Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie just being really good together more than the script being any good. 
if that makes sense. I don't even think the Sherlock Holmes script is all that strong. I, I think it really is more the direction and Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law just being infectiously fun to watch on screen. So yeah, th- this definitely strikes me as somebody who, like, again, I, f- I feel a little bit bad being mean about this, but I do think he's a little bit mediocre, but he's still getting all these projects. Uh, I, I've, I have heard that uh, he did some good work with like Star Wars Rebels, which uh, I think he created and like wrote some of. But yeah, aside from that, I, I, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not a big Simon Kinberg fan. Did, did you see Invasion, though, the Apple TV Plus series? No, I haven't seen that one yet, actually. Um I don't even know if I realized that was him. Yeah, he created the show, directed, wrote it. Uh, it's funny, too, because I, I actually reviewed in, uh, reviewed Invasion for Inverse, which, you know, our mutual, you know, Gabby, founder, co-founder of the Young Folks, uh, she she gave me my first uh, gig at Inverse for Invasion. And I thought it was okay. But uh, I think I was like one of the only critics that liked it fine. I think a lot of people were like, Invasion, no thanks. Uh, it sucks. Yeah, I think that might honestly be what my read had been, and that's why I kind of just passed it by. But also because I'm so picky with TV these days that unless I'm 100% sure I'm going to love it, I'm probably not going to sit down for it. Um, But yeah, I mean, speaking of like the other films you mentioned, it does seem like it comes down to who do they get as the leads in his films. And if they have really great chemistry, they can make the script work. But if they don't have good chemistry, you're kind of going to see all the weaknesses. Hmm. That's that's a wonderful segue into talking about what this movie is actually about and who these characters are, right? So we already mentioned Lupita Nyong'o stars uh, Jessica Chastain. If we had to pick like the person who's probably the main lead, it's it's an ensemble film, but she probably has the most screen time, along with Penelope Cruz, Fawn Bingbing, Diane Kruger, and Sebastian Stan and Edgar Ramirez. The plot of it is, and I was complaining about this on the the Twitter app, how it's yet another we got to stop World War Three. And I absolutely hate that. I am so sick of people being like, it's going to be World War Three. I thought it was like bad enough when Tenet actually made a lot of to do about that. But that, that's like a little pet peeve of mine. It's kind of like when uh, pe- characters in movies are just like, what, or like usually in the trailer, they're like, what if you could use more than 10% of your brain, Allie? Can you imagine? It would be like amazing. We'd have superpowers <laughs> every movie. Yeah, no, I I do think it's really tired. And again, I'm fine with cliches in films. I'm I'm fine with going down the similar path. I just want it to be done well. And this is such a tired trope that like you really have to convince us to make it worth watching for, you know, the hundredth time. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, like the premise can be generic. But yeah, if you can sell the chemistry, if you can sell the characters themselves, yeah, people can still get invested. Maybe some people still will. But the kind of, I guess it's not really a twist, but I guess the sort of hook of this movie is that each of the spies working together are from different countries. They're like a a group of like, they're like a ragtag team of international spies who reluctantly come together to try to stop this very vague, like if you thought the James Bond terrorist organizations were pretty vague and uninspired. I certainly have, by and large. This kind of takes it to task, honestly. And that's really the thrust of this movie. Like, they each have their own, like, skills. Jessica Chastain is CIA. She's just, like, you know, the the main character, the every woman. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o is MI6. She's the computer specialist. Diane Kruger is the, like, sort of the, like, badass German agent who kind of has, like, a dark past. Penelope Cruz is actually a therapist, but she's kind of, like, loosely tonight to the Colombian intelligence service. And then Fawn Bingbing, I, w- I wasn't sure to even, if to even include her, because she's she kind of shows up later. Uh, I guess she's part of the gang, 
unofficially. I don't know. It's not like they're official to begin with, but yeah, she she represents like the Chinese secret ministry group. Yeah, I can't say they really served that character well either. And if she is a part of the gang, um, <laughs> I do think the best character description in that film, though, is Penelope Cruz delivering quite seriously, I'm not an agent, I'm a therapist. And I think that's kind of the crux of her character mm-hmm. right there. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. She, she actually gets a few lines in this movie that I, I didn't, I found a little bit more, a little less rickety than others. Uh, so we, we kind of laid out the, pl- I don't want to get too much more into the plot. I mean, they're, they're globe trotting. They're going to different locations. Uh, this movie very much is a piece of like several different spy movie franchises. It's got a little bit of like mission impossible in the sense of like, they're kind of going for these where like uh, big action set pieces half the time. And then sometimes it's a little bit more Jason Bourne where you have like these up close shaky cam fist fights. Uh, you have a lot of James Bond where they, you know, they're dressed to the nines, you know, kind of infiltrating a gala. And it's like this weird sort of mix of all these things. I also thought it was like pretty telling too, because uh, I watched the trailer after I saw the movie and the, the way that they're selling this movie is not from the director of Dark Phoenix. It's actually, oh yeah, from the studio that brought you... Uh, the Bourne, the Jason Bourne franchise. So like, they, that's clearly what they have like in mind. It's like, what if, you know, you just took Jason Bourne and Ocean's 8 and you just kind of put it together? Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're selling it on the idea of, well, you've never seen this before. A whole group of women <laughs> leading a spy <laughs> mission movie. What if women were spies? What if they were really good spies? And it's like, we, we know. Like what it's, it, this is the weirdest thing about this movie to me. It like treats it as a surprise that like women can be these like badass, like fierce warrior, you know, resourceful characters. And that's like, I don't know, like how long ago was aliens and like Terminator two. And it's like, we have like the archetype, I think for like really awesome action, female heroines and all that. But I don't, like this movie felt so condescending to me. What did you think? Oh, Absolutely. I wrote in my notes at one point, this is embarrassing me (laughs) because it just, it was so heavy handed and it just has, again, it's all, it felt more like it was all about marketing the idea of female empowerment rather than actually being about female empowerment. Um, And I had written somewhere else in my notes at one point, I was like, this would have been a great film to come out in like 2005, you know, like maybe in 2005 in that weird decade of films, this would have seemed kind of progressive, I guess, in a weird way, because people, (laughs) it felt like it had been a while since we had had something like Aliens. But now it's so dated already, and it's so new. (laughs) But I think, yeah, that was one of my worst, one of my least favorite aspects was the fact that you could see it in like flashing lights that they were like, this is important. You know, we are telling a story about women's. (laughs) This is incredible storytelling it's like it's actually pretty subpar storytelling and you haven't actually written female characters to have any kind of nuance so what what is your point i guess yeah i totally agree you know i i look at this movie and i i see it just trying to like take the you know like the girl boss meme you know and just sort of like what if we just put that without any real thought and care into the mate you know into the confines of like what people think they want from like an action spy movie these days. Uh, I, I said in my review that like, I, if this movie was a Netflix film, like if it was a Netflix original, it would show up in their top 10 for like three weeks and it would be like insanely popular, but then nobody would 
ever talk about it ever again. It would just like disappear and everyone would just move on. Instead, it's just sort of being dumped into theaters in January. And I think it's like, no one's even going to watch this. Like the box office that last I checked is like looking pretty bad for a movie that costs $40 million. It, I think it only made oh like $350,000 from Thursday previews. Yeah. It's not great. I think it's actually perfect that this film came out the same week that I think it was Gal Gadot who said something about how their version of Cleopatra is going to be sexy and intelligent. And it's, and you have that moment of like, when wasn't she, you know, it's just, again, it's just this idea that because you're telling a story about a female character in 2022, that it's automatically going to make it more progressive than what's come in the past. And that's just lacking in such film historical context that it drives me crazy a little bit because again you it's so obvious and again you can look back even a couple years ago to a movie like spy with melissa mccarthy that did do the spy thriller with a female-led production and they did it well and they flipped the script but i I just don't think this i think this wanted to be fun and i think it wanted to be serious and it did neither yeah, like I, I want to be really specific, you know, because I, I could see somebody watching this and being like, all right, John, Allie, you, you, you two are great, you know, like love the show. But I, I like this movie fine. And I, I want to be really specific with like what's irking me, at least. And that's like, OK, you're going to come in here and your your big like sort of like pandering to female empowerment is going to be we're going to take these these women and sort of first of all yeah try the subversion is that they are like really good at their jobs okay um but like going even further than that it it really is just sort of like it taking the whole it, like it doesn't even try to like deconstruct like its own subject matter like if you're going to be in this sort of like generic thing i don't know it's just like sort of it's so you know, white and black, like black and white in terms of like the morality of it, in terms of like, what are the ethics of like these people sort of like joining forces? Is there a commentary on like how like people like internationally should be able to come together? Is there like any sort of like commentary on the CIA itself and like what goes down in this movie? And like, you have to like stretch really far to get anything. It's all surface level. And that's like, what's annoying to me is that like, I, like like you said, Spy. Like Spy is not a movie that I love or anything. I, I'm one of the detractors, but I respect the heck out of the movie because it does what you said. It flips the script. It's, you know, it actually is subversive in a very entertaining way. But yeah, like this movie, I, I just think it's just so like flat, like soda that's just been like shaken and, you know, not stirred. Yeah. And even to like, I do like Spy, but even to separate it from my own enjoyment, it, it, it's more that, you know, the 355 feels like, they think they did it first, you know, that it's, I get this feeling of them being smug from this film. And that's what annoys me because you can look back and you can see examples of it actually having been done and certainly of it having been done better. And I think it's interesting because like, you know, they could have gone and they could have tried to do some kind of extra layer of commentary, but I would have been fine even if they had just stuck to again, very surface level, like this is just supposed to be fun pure spectacle and if they had executed it right it's the fact that to me they wanted to have both ways and couldn't commit to either tone like the tone is all over the place i don't know if you thought so too but i think it was more so for that again if they had just been big and broad and ridiculous i probably would have loved that you know but it's the fact that it's so self-serious but it doesn't like you say push the envelope at all and trying to kind of tell a different version of a same story. 
Right, like that reminds me of like the spy who dumped me with uh, Mila Kunis and uh, I, yeah, yeah. Like what I liked about that movie was like Kate it was. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Like, I liked how it was kind of broad and, like, it, they played it up because they were just having fun. And that was part of, like, what made it interesting. It was a little bit more surprising. This movie, instead, I think it's, like, yeah, it's, like, trying to split the difference, have it both ways. You can sort of tell. I think, like, okay, let's just, like, break down the technicals of this thing. I think at times the action in this is okay. But for the most part, it's a lot of it's hard to follow. I think that the, the, the MacGuffin is like a hard drive that is like just like I, like I said about the or- terrorist organization. It's just like sort of vaguely a threat. At like, like nothing here like really connects. They put all of their eggs into, OK, how are these different women going to interact with each other and like develop maybe like a friendship? And it almost gets to a point where like I can kind of see you know, where it's coming from this movie, where it's like, you know, we're, we're trying to sort of do the found family thing, a group of underdogs, you know, trying to reclaim, you know, sort of the mission. It reminded me a little bit of Stephen Queen's widows in that respect. Whereas though, I think widows is emotionally actually like powerful because I think to what you're saying, it commits to its tone. And like, you can't walk out of widows confused about what that movie is about with this one. It's like, I don't even know. I don't even, I can't make heads or tails. Yeah, and the found family aspect, again, that was one of the, those moments, you know, they have this big kind of moment of camaraderie where they're getting to know each other, and it's just my eyes were rolling into the back of my head because I usually love that stuff. I love sincerity in films. I love hard-on-your-sleeve, very earnest storytelling. I just am drawn to it. And in this case, you just see the mechanics, and I think this film actually would have been better served if it had started later in their story, you know, we didn't need to meet the team and see them all getting together. I actually think this would have worked better if they were already a unit of some sort, which I know we can't really operate in like would have, could have, you know, but to me, it's just such a missed opportunity to just rely on the strength of the group rather than trying to have, you know, four or five individual stories going and hoping that we care about one of them enough to keep us going throughout the entire film. Cause they clearly want us to really care about Mesa's story. Mm-hmm. And she is my least favorite part of this film. <laughs> oh really? Well, yeah, I think her and Sebastian Stan, like the whole thing with them, I could not stand. I, I really could not as much as I, I love these actors, you know, as actors and, and loving plenty of other things. Yeah. I just, in this movie, it was kind of, it was very cringy. Uh, I guess. And uh, I kind of, you made, you brought up a good point there because uh, I was going to say this movie is, it feels very long and it is long. It's over two hours. It should not be. There was a point where I was like, this has an hour left. Like this should be wrapping up, but no, that's just kind of, it's paced in a very weird way in that respect. But I was going to mention like going into this movie, like if you have seen the trailer, and if you've seen any of the marketing, if you've seen the poster, you get the sense of like, okay, it's about a group of these awesome action heroes like banding together to stop a threat. But that doesn't happen for like over an hour because <laughs> like it takes forever to get all the like to get them actually working together. Like I clocked it when Lupita Nyong'o was like, well, why don't we just join forces? And it's so late into the movie. Like we also we already mentioned Fon Bingbing's character doesn't show up till so late. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's like a, a overlong prologue. And I think it speaks to how like 
have a bit of a chore it's getting through this movie when this movie's main function should be like i just need a distraction i just want to have a fun time afternoon watch like not expecting anything amazing don't have the highest expectations but yeah i don't even think the movie delivers on that so did you have any last thoughts on this one we've really ripped into it i i almost feel bad because it's not even that (laughs) i i I don't want to root against movies like this in principle but you know I, well, I think for me, I get so annoyed by it. It's because a lot of these people in this film are in positions of, you know, as an outsider, reasonable power. You know, Jessica Chastain has her own production company. Simon Kinberg gets all these jobs for, you know, whatever reason, you know, they do have sway. And the fact that they're going to go for this script of all scripts to be the one to be like, this is an empowering female tale in 2022 in Hollywood is just ridiculous to me. And I think, you know, I'd rather see them funding smaller films that empower female stories or diverse stories rather than just trying to stake a claim and being like, you know, it's feminist to have all females in one film. And and that is the tone I get. And I just think it's dated. I think it's condescending, like you said. And again, I also just don't think the film's very well made. You mentioned the costumes yeah. and the sets. Do we even really get to see the costumes in the sets? Because to me, even that was lacking. So I'm glad you're nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm I'm trying to be a bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's deserved. Uh, you actually brought up a good point too, that like, you can tell this movie was developed a long time ago because it, it, it does feel so dated. This movie, like they were building the concept back in 2018, like early 2018. They didn't start shooting until like, the, I think, uh, 2019. And then they did a little bit of extra shooting last summer. So it's like, it's definitely a movie that's really just been sort of hanging around for a few years. And one that I, I just think that I get the sense that they knew that this wasn't coming together uh, the way that they had hoped. And I'm sure, you know, cause as far as I understand Jessica Chastain, this was, you know, an idea from her and she was just sort of, Hey, like let's do a female led spy film, you know, like let's make our own mission impossible or James Bond kind of thing. And I, like you said, with her production company, and I think that's awesome. Like, I think that it's, it was a good, you know, a good idea, <laughs> but I do think, yeah, it's all about the execution. And I, I just get the sense that they kind of saw the writing on the wall and that's why this is sort of getting the release that it's getting. And so I guess we can leave it at that. It's just sort of a kind of, kind of, kind of a sad state of affairs. I'd be more upset if this was coming out in the summer, you know, if they had really hyped this up, <laughs> I think that would have yeah. been uh, pretty tragic. <laughs> Instead, we kind of, we kind of know what we were getting with this one. But, uh, so Ali, I was telling you off air about the Rotten Tomatoes game, and you were you were you were kind, you were honest, and you're like, John, I, I, it's going to be hard for me to participate. You had seen the Rotten Tomato score; you didn't lie, you didn't hide it. You weren't just like, okay, yeah, and then just tell me the correct answer. No, you were honest. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through it. I have like a backup plan, so we're gonna make it work. So Ali, you know, 129 reviews have been counted on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm one of them. I think yours uh, is going to be or is right now. Yeah. Eventually it should be up there. <laughs> right. It's going to happen. Uh, and so you saw the score already. But what, what was it? 26. Yeesh. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty low. Pretty low. Yeah. Did you see the audience score? No, I did not. Ah. Has any audience seen it, though? <laughs> well, we have fewer than 50 verified ratings. So okay. we, we have a little bit of data here. 
Now, of course, yeah, grain of salt, because, uh, you know, when I usually do this game with Will, it's it's all over the place. Sometimes we have like 10,000 plus ratings. Sometimes it's like 100, sometimes 200. We, we never really, we just kind of do whatever. Uh, no rules. But so, yeah, what's your best guess for audience score? 20%. 20%. I got that Yeah, news. I'm going based on the, in, oh, is it lower or higher? High, much <laughs> higher. It's 76%. You know, uh, can I explain why I guess 20 yes, yes. really quick? It's not because I was like, they're all going to think this is a really poorly made film. Mm -hmm. I thought this is the internet. And the internet doesn't often like female-led stories with a message. And that's what this film was presenting that's itself true. to be. So that's why I thought 20. I was like, they're just going to go and down, not downvote it. That's wrong. <laughs> Same That's concept, the wrong though. system. Yeah. They were, <laughs> but yeah, I think honestly, my my thinking is that it's not being review bombed because I don't think people know about it. Like I just don't think people are aware. You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the title too. So the title is a reference to like the the first. Uh, like one of Washington's spies who was allegedly like a, a woman and they just called her the 355 or whatever, uh, or just Agent 355 is what it was, which, you know, it's not a well-known story. So like, I don't know. I think the title is, it's okay. Like, I don't think it's a bad title, but I just think that it's not one that like really strikes the imagination, I guess. But that's just my opinion. But do you know, I want to know the person who saw that title and knew exactly what the reference was and was like, I can't wait to see this. I want to have a talk with that person. That person's probably ridiculously cool so up on their history oh my gosh <laughs> they're like i oh yeah i have the diary you know i have like agent 355 like carved into my wall yeah that might actually be a little extra but uh okay so we also try to do cinema score but i couldn't find a cinema score for the 355 but our last backup option alley is the okay. letterboxed rating i know you like to get on letterboxed from time to time and uh you know you know you know how the system works it's a five point rating and uh, they, they have it like by the decimal point when they do the average ratings. I don't know if you've seen them, but yeah. 1.5 thousand people have said that they watched this. That's extremely low for a movie like this. Um, I'm actually kind of shocked it's that low. Usually we're at least in the tens of thousands. Um, but yeah, out of all those ratings of people who've given this thing a rating, what do you think it is between zero and five? 2.1. Ooh, that's so close. 2.5. I can take it so close. Yeah, I'm okay close. with that. <laughs> well, Letterboxd is one of the harder ones because like people yeah. don't usually check. I mean, I don't usually check. I don't know what other people do, but Ali, I guess I guess this means you won the Rotten Tomatoes game. Well, I like to walk away a winner, so <laughs> that's good to hear. Well, thank you for uh, for coming on, and thank you all for listening. Ali, is there any, anything you want to plug before we head out of here? Well, I would like to plug theyoungfolks.com. <laughs> oh, I've heard of it. <laughs> we're both, we're, uh, yeah, it's, you know, a really great up and coming site, I think, uh, with a lot of great, talented writers on it, including John. Hey. So, yeah, I totally, the, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to plug that. Let's plug theyoungfolks.com. We have, uh, like, the best, 25 best anime list that just came up. And uh, Will actually wrote uh, an awesome uh, review of how to with John Wilson. I'll let him talk about it on the main show coming up, but he wrote oh, yeah. this long piece so. about that show. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate and love whenever he brings his writing to the site. Cause I try, it's always for the niche, them. niche subjects that I love. <laughs> Have you seen how to with John Wilson? 
I have not, but it's I want so to, good. and I've seen writing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just uh, it's a fantastic show. Uh, Will made me watch it when I had food poisoning, and oh, uh, I, I was very thankful for that. Yeah, it was like last year, I think, like when the first season had just finished or something. But uh, yeah, very good show on HBO Max. We'll we'll end on a positive note there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>